0: <laughs> Previously on the Spielman and Huey We Tackle Life podcast,
1: can I give some marital advice? Um, if you find something as a husband that you really like, don't share it with anybody because then if they like it, they take all yours. This is definitely not approved by the faith
0: portion of the podcast. Selfishness <laughs> not endorsed yeah. by the faith portion of the podcast. You know. Give, give, give would be the way to go there. Give, give, give. It's all, That's I all I do. It's all you do. Yeah. Sacrifice for others. First uh, Corinthians 13. Uh, love does not <laughs> keep a record of wrongs. I think you missed or, a word. Missed first a word. of all.
1: I missed a word in the uh, verse. You remember the <laughs> chocolate peanut caper earlier where I blamed all the... yeah, uh, I do.
0: Yeah, you uh, like those uh, chocolate peanut turtle cluster things, and they
1: ended up vanishing. So I also, there was a confession that that was also the wife. Not only does she eat my treats, she drinks my coffee. She's trying to keep you thin. That's what she's trying to do. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I got 6,000 miles to do that. Very good. Welcome
0: to a Friday edition of the We Tackle Life podcast. We're live on... Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube—all that. Uh, not not Instagram. I'm sorry. Twitter. Okay. Via face uh, via Periscope. Nice. All that. Yes. And we have uh, Madeline saying good morning. You see Madeline's comment there on the screen. You can type a comment into Facebook. I will see it here. We will share it. Uh, Madeline did that. And uh, Janet uh, Mossbarger Young. Jan Janet. Mosbarger- How are you? Janet grew. Uh, uh, Janet's uh, I believe lives right down the street from where my parents used to live when okay. they were still with us and. On lovely West Liberty, Ohio. There you go. There you go.
1: West Liberty, Salem.
0: West Liberty, Salem.
1: Is there anything you'd like to say
0: about West Liberty, Salem?
1: Home of Bruce Hooley, two-time state champion. Thank you. I thought we'd get it out of the way early (laughs) today.
0: (laughs) And then we will uh, move on. I am Bruce Hooley. He is uh, Chris Spielman. We are happy to be with you. See the spiffy new graphics, courtesy of uh, our friends at StreamYard. And we have, uh, imagine this, more controversy in the Big Ten to talk about. We have COVID-19 uh, relief drawing. Hopefully people are sending in their nominations. podcast at gmail.com. We have and unfortunate
1: news regarding... We uh, do.
0: We very unfortunate news. Let's, let's cover that at the top of the show. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, happened to be browsing Twitter on the Wednesday night. Came across a tweet about um, your partner at Fox. Very good friend. A uh, gentleman I know a little bit yeah. who I think the world of is a As a broadcaster, told me of was a guy, Tom Brenneman. Uh, Tom said something on a broadcast that I know he deeply regrets, and um, it's resulted in you getting an as-yet-unnamed new partner. I don't know who
1: it's going to be. I was on the phone yesterday with Fox, and they're working through that. Um, You said something just now that was a very good man. Tom Brenneman is a very good man, and he made a mistake. I talked to Tom yesterday. He uh, understands that he's made a mistake. He understands that he hurt people. Um, he gets it. He's very remorseful and very contrite. And he understands that there's consequences. And so when you have a platform like Tom has or like Bruce really has or myself that we have, uh, you're, you can make mistakes. And when we do make mistakes in this type of business, there are consequences, My only hope is, because I know Tom's heart, or I think I know Tom's heart, Mm and 99%, I think Jesus only knows Tom's heart, but Mm -hmm. I know it as much as any human being, my wish is that he'll get a second chance, because one mistake should not just kill 30 years of close to a Hall of Fame broadcast career, so I just hope he gets a second chance. and. And Tom and I, you know, there are consequences. We all know that. Sure. And there should be consequences for what happened. He also understands that. And so now we have to, to move forward, and we'll see what the my broadcast year. I've I I've, I've kind of narrowed it down to who I think is a possible fill-ins. There's a guy named Joe Davis. I don't know if you know who Joe Davis is. Joe Davis was Brady Quinn's partner in college football. Joe Davis is the voice of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Okay. Joe Davis is uh, famous for replacing Vin Scully. Wow. So he's a young, up-and-coming guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple guys that I worked with out of the Big Ten Network um, would be Brendan Godden, who's the voice of Madden. For those of you that you or your mm-hmm. kids play John Madden, Brendan's the voice of the, the Madden game. And another guy is a uh, young guy named Kevin Kugler. Uh, Kevin, another Big Ten Network guy. The, I think the lead guy in the Big Ten Network also... If you ever listen to Sunday Night Football on the national broadcast on the radio, Kevin's the voice of that. So any guy that I get is uh, I'm happy with. I know all three guys. I like all three guys. And uh, I, I and it's a good opportunity for them. And it's interesting. Broadcasting and that stuff, it's a lot like sports. And it's kind of a cruel reality, but it's truth. One man man goes down, next man up. Show must go on, type thing, and and Tom understands that, and uh, you know we'll see what happens. But uh, my I my promise to the people of Fox is I'll do everything in the world. You know me, Bruce. I'm, I'm a, really a team guy yeah, on this stuff. Yeah, very much. To, to to make everybody feel comfortable, and 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 we'll do a great job. I mean that's part of being a pro. So we'll see how it plays out.
0: Um, let me just say that I uh, understand a bit. Of Tom's situation. I've said things before on the air when you do it, as long as Tom has, and I'm now into my second decade doing the broadcast angle. I used to liken it to walking through a minefield. A live microphone is a minefield, and the more you walk through that minefield, eventually you're going to step on a mine. Maybe not to the degree Tom did, but you're going to step on one. And um, I hope there's grace for Tom. No one feels worse about this than Tom. Trust me on it. Nobody, because you beat yourself up. You know, you think about your responsibility to your family and to provide for a living and all those things and all those things. He said it in his apology. I don't know if I'll ever be able to put on this headset again. Um, Two seconds shouldn't define who he is or his life. You and I have talked both about the challenge uh, of being around a locker room environment and a Mm -hmm. broadcast booth is attached to the locker room and is a locker. The challenge for guys who profess a faith in Christ and want to live an obedient life and want to live a life that radiates light to other people is that the world, Satan is constantly throwing temptations, challenges, and uh, things that draw you in where you don't want to go, and I just felt so bad for Tom because uh, I know that he is beating himself up, and I know that that challenge of that locker room language is one that is very hard not to fall into. I'm not blaming his mistake on other people. I'm just saying I I know from personal experience that that challenge of being around a locker room type language is a severe temptation that can draw you in and so uh it's and it's not any i would say it's not any different for anybody else when you're around conversation that is um takes you to a place you don't want to go you're more apt to fall into that kind of conversation so that's what i attribute it to and um i just hope the best for tom and hope the best for his family
1: the best advice i've gotten and in uh no because you're up there we're there's four guys in the booth, and we're buddies. And I, I guess, like, during the breaks, the best way to describe it is, think of your four best friends mm-hmm. are at home, and you're watching a game. And, you know, why are they paying that guy that money? He's got to make that play. You know, all that kind of stuff yeah. goes on constantly. You know, so I, I think this, that I, I've talked to uh, I have many colleagues in the broadcast world yesterday, as you can imagine, mm-hmm. and – all of us are not going to be the ones to throw or cast a stone because we've all said things, maybe not to that degree, but we've all said things like you have, I have, uh, everybody that I've talked to has. Every one of them said, you know, man, I, I think the first thing I thought of, what have I said over the air, you know? And so it's a good reminder, and I know we always hear that. It's a good reminder. Treat every whatnot. mic like a live mic. Yeah, alive, yeah. 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 It's, and it's, but you think... That is, uh, would be easy, but you just forget. Yeah, and so, so moving wait. on for Tom, and I, I hope he's back. I think, I don't know, Bruce, I don't have any idea. I don't know if he'll ever be back at Fox. I just do think that with the Reds, I think he certainly has, uh, hopefully a pretty good shot at coming back maybe next year.
0: I hope so too. hope so too. All right. You can send us an email, podcast at gmail.com and uh, nominate someone for COVID-19 relief or comment on the show. Top of the show today, an email from uh, Coach Phil. Hey, guys, congrats on the one-year anniversary. Did you know today was our one-year anniversary? I did not know that. It's only been one year. Only been one year. Yeah, Sorry. Really? been driving out here. You feel Man. like you've been driving out here for three years. Yeah. Thanks for coming along. This is so nice, uh, Coach Phil writes. Thanks for coming along at the right time to help me and so many other people out here. Here's to many more years and podcasts. Thanks, Coach Phil. That's really nice. Thank you, Phil. Get some wins this year, Phil. Yes, let's get some wins.
1: (laughs) Because that's the important thing.
0: Well, character development (laughs) is important, too. Of course, I see. That's why we help each other. I spent some time on that yesterday with my uh, new associate at Press Pros Magazine, Sonny Folks. I had the chance to visit three high school football practices yesterday. You would have enjoyed the day that I had yesterday. Tell me about it. Tip City High School. Covington High School, Troy Christian High School, visited football practices. And the thing that came across to me besides the, you know, size of the athletes and, you know, it was just the passion
1: kids love of it, the coaches, yeah.
0: the passion of the coaches. The kids love it, but it was so great to see uh, I I saw a young coach at mm. Covington. Uh, I saw uh, Coach Ty. I saw a young guy who's been at it maybe 8, 10 years as a head coach at TIP, Matt, Coach Matt, and a guy who's been at it way more than 30 years, Coach Nolan at Troy Christian. And all three of them, you could tell, had an energy, and they just had, like, all three of them spoke of having the weight of uncertainty lifted off of them and just expressed how happy they were for their kids, that their kids get this outlet and this opportunity. And Coach Ty at uh, Covington said uh, he probably has a playoff team, but I asked him if they play their six and would happen to get eliminated ahead of the state title game if they would try to line up other games to play, which you can do to get a 10-game season. And he said... We've already lined up a couple contingent, you know, that we're out and somebody else is out. And he said, I am going to fight like crazy (laughs) so my seniors can get a 10-game season. season.
1: So it's interesting that you bring that up. Um, I put something out on Twitter and and mostly a positive reaction. And this was when, you know, before uh, Governor DeWine spoke and gave his guidelines for how sports can continue in the state of Ohio, uh, albeit it's still up to the school districts of how they proceed forward and what I put out on Twitter I said um, life lessons and you learn just as much maybe even a little bit more in sports and extracurricular activities as you do in the classroom and I can't tell you how many people agreed with that and sometimes as a kid you don't realize what you're learning I mean, I can think about all my own personal journeys, my own personal triumphs, my own personal struggles, and how much I would go back to sports to relate that experience on how mm-hmm. to deal with certain things or how, how I handled it in um, maybe a, a tough time during a professional football season, college season, high school season, how I responded. So your responses are often taught to us. And even if it takes years later to implement that lesson into your life, it does can and will come from playing sport, also from other places. Mm -hmm. But it's such a a part of the total education of a young person. And both are valuable, obviously. Obviously, everybody knows that what you learn in a classroom is valuable. But certainly, I think life lessons and life application uh, is valuable. I think, credit to, to a lot of sports and, and, I, and extracurricular activities. That includes band, that includes drama club, cheerleading. Uh, I, I knew a young man that graduated from St. Charles this year that had passion for robotics club. Mm-hmm. So all that stuff was uh, it, it fasc- fascinating to me. Did you get the audio worked out? So?
0: I, I thought I had the audio worked out uh, perfectly fine to start with. You even gave me kudos. You told me I could continue as engineer. And Then we oh, had uh, Phil and John. And David all said they need sound, so I'm asking now if you can hear us now. Hope you can. Yeah, I will. Is Katie uh,
1: up? Maybe she can come down here and figure Katie's it out. Katie's not up. Oh, no, Katie's Lexi. Not up. She
0: had a nobody's up. Trust okay. me. Okay. Big golf match last night went late. So Did they win? I don't believe they won. I think mm. the uh, Bell Fountain Chieftains <laughs> won that match. But my daughters both played. Well, one was happy with her score. One was not happy with her score, but they both scored exactly the same. Okay, fifty-one. My middle picked up a golf club for the first time. That's your non-athlete. She would say, yeah. I've always said she's my most coachable. She does exactly what you tell her to do. Throw this way, step this way. So obviously
1: she's the smartest if she listens to you. She listens to Sherry, the coach, yes.
0: (laughs) But I said, uh, you know, she's never picked up a golf club. So the first time she played nine holes, over 70. Then it was 68 65, 63, 58, 54, 51 last night. Good for her. 51. Good for her. She's uh, so excited when she gets a par. So, yeah, happy for him. All right. uh, We have uh, more angst in the Big Ten. We talked the last time here on the podcast about Commissioner Kevin Warren needing to give reasons why the Big Ten's not playing. He's written a letter responding. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't think this is the best way, but this is better than nothing. Right. Although I don't think his letter really cleared up anything. He basically said, uh, you know, we appreciate your passion, all you co- all you parents, all you coaches, all you players who want to play. But, you know, we're not playing. We're working toward a spring plan. He says, as you are well aware, that's a little condescending. Yeah. We are facing a complicated global ca- pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, la, la, la. He gives the case numbers, confirmed cases worldwide. Yeah, everybody, okay, fine. everybody we knows get that. that. Yeah, yes. we get that, Kevin. And then he talks about how difficult it is to be safe and all that kind of stuff and la, la, la. So basically, he, he admits that it's just kind of fear of the unknown. Here's what I thought was the most noteworthy part of his letter. There is simply too much we do not know about the virus, recovery from infection and longer term effects. While the data on cardiomyopathy is preliminary and incomplete, the uncertain risk was unacceptable at this time. Mm-hmm. The uncertain risk. So he's not
1: even sure there is risk. I mean, he yeah, says, that, well, that's his a, that's, says, uncertain risk. That's interesting that you've noticed that.
0: I just and, thought it was all like, yeah, maybe this, maybe that. Well, you know what? I mean, maybe the stadium will blow up in, yeah. a, in a conventional year. Probably not, but maybe it would. Yeah. That's a risk.
1: Well, I think there's evidence from other people in the medical field. Uh, I can think of the doctor at the Mayo Clinic that said this makes no sense. So there's contradictory evidence um, for uh, Mr. Warren. Um, I do understand the parents. Uh, if I were every parent that I talked to was not satisfied with a letter. I talked to a few parents personally, also obviously been following the reaction on Twitter of parents. They're not satisfied with the letter to the point where the Nebraska parents are going after the big 10. And if the big 10 does not provide them all the documents that they need they're going to file a lawsuit Monday at noon.
0: Yeah. They want all the minutes of all the meetings. They want to know was there a vote? How everybody voted. And I've said from the beginning, when you have thirteen or fourteen schools in the league that are supported by the taxpayer, meaning they're public institutions, you have to say how you voted on a matter of great interest to your tax base. You well, just do.
1: Yeah. You had an interesting tweet that, you know, from experience and whatever legal yeah. issues I had with the university, the FOIA requests are important. FOIA, for those of you who don't know, FOIA, Freedom of Information Act. Mm-hmm. The the It's nice to be able to have that. Uh, the problem that you get is that so many things that come from that can be redacted. And the other issue that you have is that The schools or the public institutions that you request the FOIAs from, they slow walk you to death. They sure do. I mean, they can take you a year, two years to get it.
0: The law says in a timely manner, well, what's timely for me is not timely for them. And I've had it before where I've made a FOIA request of Ohio State, and they let it sit, let it sit, let it sit. Maybe they were diligently working on it. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe it was Mm -hmm. complicated. But then they'll come back and they'll say, we have the records you want. In order for us to print them and get them to you, it will cost XXX for printing costs. And you're like, what are you printing it on like solid gold (laughs) paper? You know, they're trying to make it as problematic as it it feels like. I won't accuse them, but it feels like I'm responsible for my own. They don't want to make
1: it easy. They're not it doesn't make it feel
0: easy. easy. I mean, when in this age where everything is electronic, where if you ask for emails, they can go into their system, they can search by keywords. And
1: Tom Mars, the attorney who made this, it's a different attorney request, for them, but it's yeah, and yeah. it's a different attorney for Nebraska, so they're getting right. hit on two fronts, right? But I
0: mean, the point is, right? You got a conference call, big. T- you can talk. You, you do a Google. You do a email search for COVID nineteen. Uh, With the recipients, all of whom are Big Ten presidents and their email addresses, and the word football, you're probably going to come up with a list of all the things that somebody's asking for. And it's as simple as hitting forward and typing in the person who's requested it's email. Right. And yet it will take weeks and weeks and weeks to get that information. Right. That's a little suspicious.
1: And so, but meanwhile, the kids still come to campus. Now, there are a lot of schools. I know North Carolina's doing this. I think I've just read where North Carolina State was doing this. They, they're on campus, but they're going to go to an online uh, yes. process where every student's online, which actually I think makes it safer <laughs> for athletic teams if everybody's online, But there's got to be a responsibility amongst the football teams that are going to continue to play. I had this conversation with a friend last night that he just thinks it's a matter of time before everybody shuts down because of the spread of COVID. And and just because people get COVID, uh, it's overwhelmingly, the data shows that usually, overwhelmingly, that kids that do get it, now they're outliers, of course, and you hate to hear the outliers, but that's just life. Uh, that they're mild symptoms it doesn't mean the world has to shut down you get healthy you drink fluids and do what you have to do to treat those symptoms and get healthy but I think it's uh, crucial that if COVID comes nobody panics you just deal with the COVID isolate the kid and move forward and one thing that people are going to that they don't notice and why you say well how can you do football separately uh, it was interesting I heard Governor Lieutenant Governor, excuse me, uh, John Husted on 1480 WHBC out of Canton yesterday in an interview. You know the the
0: the Roadman Show, Kenny Rod.
1: I I don't know, Kenny? I never met Kenny. 1480, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know if it was his show. Okay. But Lieutenant Governor Husted said, you know, one of the things about the contact tracing was, did you spend more than 15 minutes in a close proximity Mm -hmm. of this person? And Mm -hmm. I think people forget that that 15 minute thing. It's a long time to spend with someone. I don't is. I can't remember the last time I spent 15 minutes in close proximity with somebody. You I had, and I are sitting here but we're yeah. social distancing. We're
0: social distance. I had dinner yeah. with I had dinner with a couple people last night. Maybe that would count. I don't know, but uh yeah, it's what I'd like to know on the numbers. You know, we got this uh, warning from North Carolina. Oh, we have four clusters of students. Okay, well, you have, you know, a dorm, you got four kids who tested positive. The positive test number is not the number I find relevant. The number I would find relevant is the percentage of hospital admissions to positive tests. Yeah. Because I'm going to assume that if you're sick enough to go to the hospital, you're pretty sick. Sure. But if you're not sick enough to go to the hospital, It's something we've all dealt with cough, congestion, headache, body aches. Not pleasant, not life threatening, not enough to cancel school, not enough to cancel football, not enough to. Give me the percentage of hospitalizations to positives. And I believe that percentage is going down from all the numbers I've seen because we're getting. Uh, what do they call it? Uh, they got a word for it where they basically come up with tre- treatments. No, it's a tre- It's a treatment number. They have something. Pro- they are not? No, I, I can't remember what the okay. number is. Okay. But anyway, it's be- pro. Uh, it's not protocols. It's, you know, it's not specifically hydroxychloroquine, but it's a combination of what- whatever drugs they have no. to treat it or whatever they've learned about diagnosing it or whatever they've learned about, you know, mitigating
1: it. They've learned a lot. Uh, again, a friend, and I, I, I say friend because I don't know if, I don't have permission to use these folks name over there. My wife's a nurse at Mount Carmel. And that's what they said. They, they found that the treatments that they're using. And I don't know the exact. He told me uh, they're having great success with it. And so they, if people come in the hospital, they're out of there relatively quickly and with the treatments. But um, look, everybody understands what's going on. Everybody understands the risk, the whole purpose. And I got involved and was asked by uh, governor DeWine, to participate in that public service announcement PSA at the very beginning of this because Mm -hmm. I understand and appreciate uh, so much because they've been such a big part of my life, healthcare workers and doctors and Mm -hmm. nurses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I understood about keeping that curve flat and not stressing the hospitals, not only for the COVID patients that may go into the hospital, but for every other patient, for any other illness or disease they may be dealing with, to have the ability to get the care that they need. And so we, at least by the numbers that I've seen, I don't think we've ever been overstressed. No, never. For ho- Anywhere. Hospitalizations. Anywhere. And come, you know, some
0: places have come close <laughs> and, you know, people, people have panicked when they've seen... ICU capacity at whatever percentage it was. They panicked. Yeah. But my doctor friend tells me ICU capacity is almost always at that percentage.
1: That's how they make money too. That's, yeah. Right? I
0: mean so, they he said, you know, we 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 can create additional ICU capacity if we need it, and they mm-hmm. were prepared to add I know in the systems here in Ohio, they were prepared to add X number of additional beds in ICU. They never needed to. Yeah. New York they had this fear, and I think this was, I'm going to give Governor Cuomo the benefit of the doubt that the reason why he sent nursing home patients back into nursing, or he, nursing home patients who contracted COVID, the reason he sent them back into nursing homes, because he wanted to preserve open hospital beds on the ship and at various hospitals. And on the one they set up in Central Park, well, they ended up the hospital ship never was even close to capacity. And in hindsight, he probably changed that decision. Uh, Mark on Twitter, I copied his uh, tweet into our uh, Facebook protocol, he says, it's never been about students' health. It's always been about liability and the money. Uh, there are many parents who wonder if the reason why these schools uh, invited students back on campus was to get the certainly ch- it has the, to the be charge for room and board. And then, if you're going to send them home, or if you confine them to the dorms, you don't have to refund any mm-hmm. room and board money. If you send them home, how many people are going to press for that? I don't think anybody got a refund in March, April, and
1: May when the kids were right. home. So, yeah, I got a... No, I, yeah, we got a refund. Did you? We got a refund from look the housing department. Look at BG go. Of, no, Ohio U. Oh, Ohio, oh, Ohio U. Macy's uh, speak, on a full ride.
0: Oh, that's right. Speaking of, that's right. She is. <laughs> Speaking of BG, uh, their university president, you know the name? I don't Rodney know. Rodney something. Uh, has made a rule that there can be no parties on campus or off campus at any places of ten, of 10 people or more. No parties. And if there are such parties, uh, everyone on the lease, you don't have to be at the party. If you're on the lease, you go home to, you know, Columbus for the weekend. Your roommates have a party. Your name's on the lease. You'll be, you will be punished like the people on the lease. What's the punishment? I'm gonna kick you out of school, I suppose. So uh, yeah, they're trying everything they can try. I'm not sure that's constitutional. But uh, a lot of I, things you know, going on. I, sure. I think
1: there'll be challenges to that if yeah. that were the the case.
0: Yeah. So uh, there we go. Uh, let me tell you about our friends at Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. In Mechanicsburg, they're making it easy for you now to give away their products to people you know and want to express your appreciation to.
1: Carrie just told me real quick. Yeah. The refund came from the sorority house, not the university. Uh See, with this Twitter, she can talk to me so I could never get a break from her. I could never get away. Excellent. There you go. (laughs) Five minutes. Ask Carrie if she
0: can hear. Because I got people saying they can't hear. They lost sound. Carrie. I've done what I can do. Facebook
1: us and tell if you can hear this. Yeah. So I
0: would assume she'd say she couldn't hear. I yeah. wonder if people may have had their sound off on their own individual computers, because I had this hooked up exactly the way I had it hooked up the other day, and we yeah. got no complaints. But at Hemisphere right now, you can get uh, gift packs with, you know, different flavor samplings. Uh, you can get uh, what they call their flagship coffee set, two 12-ounce bags of their flagship coffee blends, which I would think would include House Blend, Hunter's Blend, Jamaica Me Crazy, so. something like that. Yeah. Uh, those are Spiel's favorites. You can get uh, gift packs that have some of their cocal chocolate, a uh, couple uh, different samplings of coffee. Go to their website. You'll find the gift selections there. Remember to use the promo code Tackle" in all caps, and uh, you will get the best coffee that you can ever taste. And the great thing about Hemisphere Coffee is it gives you the opportunity to get coffee from around the world. That benefits the growers because they get it direct from the growers right to you, and then... You get the coffee, and those growers get more money than they would get if they went through the governmental channels because, uh, you know, in a lot of these countries, not to accuse anyone, but the governmental people have to skim their share off the top, and they've done great things. And I believe it's Indonesia planted 50 churches. Thailand saved 70 women from human trafficking. So it's good to know that you're supporting a great company with a great mission and a great cause when you support Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. Dot com. More opt-outs in the Big Ten.
1: Uh, I don't blame them. I'd be opting out left and right. Uh,
0: Rashon Slater, offensive tackle Northwestern, believed to be the first Northwestern player to perhaps to go in the first round of the NFL draft since 2005, has opted out. Uh, Ambry Thomas, Michigan cornerback, has opted out. Good He's player. the fourth Wolverine to opt out.
1: I don't blame any of He's these the fourth.
0: guys. Well, who's going to be the first? Uh, I wonder on, on the Ohio State side, If once there's one, there'll be a domino effect.
1: I think that's very possible. I think Sean Wade, it's clear that Sean would be the the first one to opt out since Sean kind of signaled early on that that was going to be the case if they didn't play. And I think obviously I would hopefully Justin Fields would opt out if I were Ryan Day. I would certainly encourage Justin Fields to opt out if they're not going to be playing this fall, which as each day goes by seems to be likely for me, Bruce, I'm I'm looking at this and there seems to be, and I don't know if um, they're trying to pacify the parents or pacify the fans, but with the big 10 coming out saying we're continually working on a winter or spring schedule. What is the purpose of that? What is the purpose? Because it's not the same. It's glorified scrimmages. Yeah. Nobody's going to care. You're not going to um, – I, I think the interest is going to be long gone by then. I think if the ACC, Big 12, and SEC play, they're going to be playing for the national championship. And the American with Luke Fickle with his 13th-ranked Bearcats. There you go. Nobody is going to be interested in an eight-game season. And it's also going to be, Nick Saban said this, this is not Chris Spielman's words, Mm -hmm. this is Nick Saban's words. Nick Saban, it's a JV season. I don't understand the appeal
0: of it. I was thinking about this the other day, if ACC, Big 12, SEC play, they have a conventional college football playoff. They crown a champion, first week of January. And then two weeks later, Ohio State, the rest of the Big 10 and the Pac-12 starts playing. Even if it's Justin Fields, Josh Myers, Chris Olave, Wyatt Davis, all the guys we think are going straight to the NFL, yeah. what is their motivation? Does just 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 playing in the Rose Bowl, which I presume they'd work out some kind of a deal with the Rose Bowl and yeah. the Pac-12, they'd play it in I don't know April May. Nobody is that is that enough? An, an, would people here have the same f- uh, fervor for it?
1: You know the answer to that question.
0: I, I think, think you not. Do. I think not. I mean, I think there'd be some that'd be like, hey, this is better than nothing. But yeah. I think there'd be a lot of people that'd be like, at the same time, they're going to be playing basketball.
1: It'd be on. They're going to be playing
0: basketball and they're going to have a real NCAA tournament, we think. Right. So, I mean, the, the interest in Ohio State basketball will never trump the interest in Ohio State football. But I think my point is you'll have other things you know, going on. you other things on.
1: going on. And it's not, I, I think, obviously, it's better than nothing in a lot of people's minds but also a lot of people's minds, eh? You know, I can, yeah, it's cool, Tom, but it's not like Saturday afternoon in in October that we're gonna yeah. sit there and watch it and we're playing your Saturday around it. I I, I just think to me they're they're <sighs> they're just throwing it out there about the winter and spring schedule. I think coaches are trying, but and I thought, oh yeah, that's you know, and I, but in the back room they might be saying it's very possible. Isn't that cute? That they actually think we're working on a winter and spring schedule. Look at those little guys. Isn't that adorable? Well,
0: you should have gotten a warning when the Big Ten, when they announced the postponement and you know we're going to do it in the spring, that hadn't been broached with the coaches until the night before they announced it. That's brutal. The night before they announced it. Well, we've underscored before the lack of leadership. That's a demonstration of the lack of leadership. You're going to have spring football anyway, but I, I question... Why was
1: there not a contingency plan I don't in place? Know.
0: I don't know. And the other thing I question is, let's say you're going to play in the winter. You're going to rent domes at a time where... Are we assuming you're going to be able to have fans everywhere? Is there going to be the demand... Are they going to be able to pack Ford Field, the Carrier Dome, the whatever the dome is in Minneapolis? Are they going to be able to pack all those? I, I, don't, I don't see it. And if it's social distancing and reduced capacity, anything you'd make, what's it cost to rent a dome and to fly your team, both teams, to the site? you got the challenges of putting them on an airplane, close proximity, putting them in a hotel, close proximity –
1: I, don't, I just don't see from happen. a
0: cost standpoint, it just doesn't work.
1: It doesn't work. Then you got
0: the problem of you're backing up. Let's say you play an eight-game spring season, and then boom, again in what, August, September? You yeah, want to play another regular biggest
1: season? That's the concern that a lot of people will have. And some people would point out the hypocrisy in that decision, because if you're sitting here telling us you're actually concerned about mm-hmm. the health and well-being of the student-athlete, then... You know, most experts I would think would tell you that it's probably not uh, good for the player uh, to play two seasons in eight months. It's interesting. Our friend Matt Finkus mm-hmm. did this, where Matt was in NFL Europe, I believe, then got picked up by the Jets, and he said it was it's grueling. I remember in Detroit when we'd pick up NFL Europe guys, and they just didn't have any juice left. And it was hard for them to stick on or make an NFL well, team. they played play the spring season. Yeah, man. so, you know, I if I were an agent or if I were a parent that had an NFL kid, I would just say, look, this sucks. This is really – I'm really sorry that your junior year or your senior year, but if you have aspirations and dreams of playing in the NFL, I strongly, strongly advise you to do that. We can make that decision – as a family, or you can make that decision as a, as a young man. And it sounds strangely familiar what Kevin Warren had with his son about being able to play in the SEC or not, where they had a family discussion, yeah. and they felt that that was best for his son to play. But I think that's another infuriating thing that no the doubt. Big Ten parents are going with. Wait a second, so you're telling us that you can have your son. a family discussion yeah. with your son on the risk and reward of playing, but you're pushing that we don't play and still the mystery that needs to be unsolved. And I think if you go through these FOIA requests whenever they come, or if this lawsuit goes, you know what comes with lawsuits is depositions.
0: Depositions and discovery, yeah. Yeah. And share information.
1: And so you have to sit down and, and be interviewed. What is the answer for having the schedule released? Then five days later, putting a kibosh on it.
0: He will go back and show the video from his interview the day they released the schedule where he repeatedly said, I thought it was odd. I thought he threw cold water on his own big announcement. This is not a straight line to a season. We're not promising a season. We
1: built these delays into the schedule in case we need them. Being a skeptic that I am and and a not trusting, naturally not trusting person that I am, Uh, Always have one eye open on everything in life, just because I don't want to get caught off guard, which obviously is almost our our show verse. Be on your guard, stand firm in your faith, have strength, have courage, do everything with love. So in his mind, I think that there is some personal motivation. And this is all skepticism and just opinion, because I don't know this to be true, but I would want to ask him if I were deposing Mr. Warren, Big Ten commissioner, was there any motivation for you to be the first Power Five conference to take the lead and shut it down? And were you hoping that the other conferences would follow the Big Ten yeah, I mean I
0: think he definitely was. Then I'm and the other validates thing, his decision and if they all do.
1: We all I'm a big proponent and anybody that knows me that has followed me on Twitter or have heard us talk on this radio show I think we both are big proponents of your civil duty and exercise your liberty to vote. I don't care how you vote. Go vote. I think it's I think it honors soldiers who have fought for this country mm-hmm. to vote. I don't know if you feel that way. I certainly Definitely. feel that way. I don't care how you vote. Get out and vote. But I thought it was odd during his um, press conference the other day or during his interview that he was pushing voting. <laughs> By the,
0: I thought I, that was very strange.
1: I mean, that's we're not talking about that now. I get we can get a message and and coach. I think that's more of a coach's thing on in November. Hey, you know we all want to get out to vote and all that stuff. Yeah. I get it. Now we got to get ready for practice. But um, I would want to know what the motivation was to take that national platform, which had nothing to do with uh, an upcoming election, but everything to do with hey, what are we doing? What direction are we going? Didn't you think that odd? I did.
0: They uh, started a voter you know, voter push in June, they announced a voter registration initiative. 24 um, seven sports reports uh, that uh, one day ago, Kevin Warren said 71% of uh, his uh, big 10 athletes are now registered to vote. Um, okay. We want to know says about he, football. He says the quote, next couple months are critical as election day approaches. Yeah. It's not like, critical. Like, uh, okay, you know, I I'm, I want everybody to vote, but I think it's kind of an odd priority for a conference commissioner amid the challenges he has well, navigating a pandemic and explaining why he's not playing to parents, that he would be so invested in right. the voting of his student-athletes.
1: The other, and I, I don't want this to go unnoticed, we talk about the passion of the football players and the parents. I want to also recognize... And I do the passion of all fall sports and all the kids yeah. and all the hall, ho- not just football. You know now the cross
0: country runners and the women's soccer the, players. And the women's soccer players, but I'm thinking of the non-contact sports. Like if you're in a if you're in a sport that the NCAA has classified as non-contact, what is the reason why they can't play if the contact sports just because the contact sports can't play? Right. I don't understand that. Well, that the Football's not making any money, so we can't afford to have any sports that are losing money. Somebody compete, has to ask
1: him that question then, also. That know, would yeah. be in a deposition question also sure. that I would ask. Yeah. Especially if I were um, – my stepdaughters have a good friend who's a scholarship athlete at Ohio U who's a soccer player. She's devastated. It took her season away. Yeah. And and without reason – well, the, we know the reason for the Mac obviously the mac is interested every every university president and decision maker is interested in the health but the mac took the season away the mac was the first division 1 school or uh, outside division of the division 1 league yeah. yeah outside of the ivy league but we knew the ivy well, league they're we're not there. division 1 in okay, football okay that's right but the mac took the lead and said we canceled first and if we're going to be honest which is a big problem and I don't know why people won't say this. The Max should have said, "Look, they canceled our non-conference. None yes, we, money. we 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 want to play. We think we have it under, uh, or at least uh, the ability to try to play. But when you take eleven million dollars from us, we can't." Yeah, no, that, that they alluded to that, but I think that was definitely the
0: reason. Speaking of depositions, you need yes. a good attorney for a deposition to uh, either take one from say a Big Ten commissioner, or to protect you when you're giving one. It's one of the many things that Willis Spangler Starling, our preferred attorney firm, can do for you. They are on Truman Boulevard in Hilliard. Beautiful offices, but more important, the integrity, the character of the people who work at Willis Spangler Starling. So, when you have an issue with workers' comp, an issue with personal injury, wills' estate planning, anything that concerns your legal rights, protection of them, and other people infringing on them, and get with, Stan Kelly and the other fine attorneys at Willis Spangler Starling. You will find them online, willisattorneys.com, willisattorneys.com. Make sure you read their blog. A lot of good information in their blog. A lot of the legal questions that you may have are answered in that blog. So check it out, willisattorneys.com, willisattorneys.com. Um... Browns and Bengals continue on their uh, path toward a season opener. I'm excited about the whole Baker Mayfield, Joe Burrow, it's
1: really, battle really of cool.
0: Ohio. I mean, going forward, I mean, we could have a decade or more of two number one overall right. picks uh, battling it out. I think that's
1: exciting. And and both quarterbacks, I think, have the the weapons around them. They have the weapons, and I succeed. think both
0: guys have that like swaggery moxie leadership not afraid to fire shots across the bow. I, I mean, think, this could be like a really delicious
1: rivalry. Here's the thing. I think Baker, it's crucial for Browns fans and crucial for Baker Mayfield to get off to a good start. Because when you talk about a guy that's been in the year two leagues, and I'm going to defend Baker here. And I said this on the Colin Cowherd show there. I name dropped for you. That's okay. Because Colin and Baker have gone uh, head-to-head on some things. But I think... You know, what has stunted the growth of Baker Mayfield is the fact that he is now entering his third offensive system in three years. Yeah, he and had so the he's got uh, to relearn. Hugh
0: Jackson system, then the Freddie Kitchen system, yeah. and now the Kevin Stefanski system. So he's
1: had to continually relearn new systems year in and year out. Now, it's easier when you're a position player because you only have to know where you can be quite successful. You only have to know your position. hmm and what you're doing now, it helps and it's beneficial if you know what everybody's doing. But I got news for you. The wide receivers don't know what the offensive lineman calls are, or where they're blocking or how they're blocking. They don't care. They're interested in other things. Right. Running backs have to understand blocking schemes and their position. Quarterbacks have to understand everything yeah. and have to know it better than anybody On the the line, including offensive line. It's got to be second nature. It's got to be so, so, yeah, recall instinct. And I think for Baker, you know, his challenges, not physically. I I believe in him physically. I have since day one believed in him physically. I think you've believed in him Mm -hmm. physically, I would say. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, the throws that he made in Ohio Stadium, on the run, down the field, on target, there were just times in that game where when he had enough time to really survey the field, I... Before he threw the ball, you just got a feeling like, ooh, that's going to be complete because he's got yeah. time to look and he's throwing it with confidence.
1: So that's why I think it's crucial for him in his career this year is a, is, a, is a we're at the crossroads, we're at the proverbial fork in the road. Yeah. And if he doesn't get off to a fast start, I don't know if, his, if he's tough enough mentally to battle through that. I hope he is. Well, I, I, he's also on a
0: team that has piled up – this sort of Eeyore mentality of, oh boy, here we go again. Yeah, that's true. And the fan base grabs that and just, it's having worked in Cleveland and sports radio, I can tell you that. Yeah, you pre-
1: know this better the than I do.
0: predisposition toward, here we go again, we're cursed, why can't Strong. we? Strong, yeah. It just, and it, it, is a, it is a virus in and of itself that is really hard to keep out of the building, to keep out of your thoughts if you're a player. It's really hard. Yeah. So they do need to get off to a good start, and he needs to get off to a good start because the people will be like, okay, well, Th- that's he's what, not the guy. That's what I don't know guy. if he can handle He's that. not the guy. Well, I hope he can. He's supposedly like Mr. Chip on the shoulder guy. That should drive him more, yeah. but it's – I'll tell you what, there have been many people who've come to Cleveland. Hugh Jackson, when I interviewed him at the Cleveland Auto Show, ah, it doesn't matter what happened before. He found out. It does matter what yeah. happened before. Uh, You know, Freddie Kitchens, this is a new – no, it's not new – all, right. all that stuff. When you're talking about two decades, man, it's like that fan base, and I'm not being critical of them, they've been they're passionate. You know, they've been beat up. Yeah. You know, you you think, oh boy, here we go again. So he's got to start with that. I wonder, do you think Joe Burrow, as confident as Joe Burrow is, and he's, you know, kind of poo the idea of like this is going to be a big adjustment, and is, you know, NFL's a new thing, he's not acting like he thinks that's a real thing? Is there any chance it's not a real thing? Does every guy who goes into the
1: league get their eyes like,
0: oh, opened?
1: Uh, I, every guy that I know gets did their eyes. Did you think,
0: ass ah, football? No. Or did
1: you think, uh-oh? No, I thought, well, I did think that until the first preseason game yeah. when I was awful and I thought I was going to get cut. Like you said, you're starting a second preseason game and I played a lot better and you know, the rest is kind of... yeah. 11 years later, thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think for quarterbacks, I think Joe believes in himself, and I think Joe has been humbled. What's going to help him is he's been humbled enough throughout his career, never ever starting at Ohio State, get minimal snaps at Ohio State, goes to LSU. And I remember saying this. The thing I love about that kid, he could have went anywhere Like He could have went to UC. He could have went to Nebraska. Right away, he's a starter. Walk in and start. Yeah. He went to LSU and chose to compete for the starting Mm -hmm. position. So that says a lot to me about Joe Burrow. Back when we were doing our regular radio, we had this conversation, remember? Yeah. And then I think where Joe gains his confidence is from what's worked for him in the past. His first year at LSU, he was a, a a good college quarterback. He was okay. He was you know, an okay college. I mean, a draftable guy, fifth, sixth, sixth round. Sixth round. But then, how he improved from his junior season or second, first season at LSU to his second season at LSU is just remarkable. So that I think gives him the mindset that he has now. Now the question is, the NFL will humble everybody. It has humbled everybody. How does he handle that? And my answer is, well, I think he would draw back on his experience at Ohio State, where he was humbled because all of a sudden he wasn't the star when he went to Ohio State. In fact, he lost the starting battle, the job, Mm -hmm. to Dwayne Haskins. Mm -hmm. So I think he has a little bit of experience to draw on, but he also has really good players. I mean, I just read where John Ross could be back in camp, which only helps uh, Joe Mixon. is a a good running back. They have upgraded their offensive line, and you have A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd, and you know what I feel about Tyler Boyd. I think he is the most unappreciated, underrated wide receiver in the NFL.
0: Yeah, He's really good, and if A.J. Green is back and he's the old A.J. Green, Joe Burrow's going to have weapons. Uh, While Mr. Spielman draws our four winners for COVID-19 relief, a reminder that you can nominate someone for a $250 uh, check of assistance by no, by sending us an email, spielmanhoolypodcast at gmail.com, spielmanhoolypodcast at gmail.com. Our friends at AUI Info, Chrissy, Steve, Julie, their fine staff stand by, ready to help you with your small business uh, reacclimation to business as usual. Hopefully, we're getting there. New state regulations, new state compliance orders coming all the time. It's hard to keep track of those as a small business owner. It's hard to know which insurance company is the best insurance company to go with to provide health insurance for your employees. So let the specialists at AUI Info handle that for you. Let them educate you on an ongoing basis with what they call AUI University. Licensed to work with any business in the state of Ohio, big or small, AUIinfo.com. They'll do a great job for you. Check them out, AUIInfo.com. Our winners today are uh, Matesy Bruce of uh, Heath Sarah Tatum, Troy Baker, and Lindsey and Daniel Robinson. So nice. congratulations to them.
1: Yeah, and they you can begin- nominate somebody. The bucket's getting a little thin.
0: Bucket's getting a little thin. We'll get those nominations in. You do it via email, spielmanhoolypodcast at gmail.com. That's the address that Mike used to email the show. He says, I just found your podcast due to Chris being on the Dan Patrick show this past Monday. Look at you with the cross promotion. Told you, very nice. I really enjoy both of you guys' perspective on many topics. I was a uh, religious listener to your show back in your radio (laughs) days. I think he's making a play on words there. We'll definitely be tuning into the podcast for every show. Keep up the great work. Thank you very much. He is in uh, Strasburg, Ohio.
1: Strasburg, but you can say Strasburg if you want. Strasburg. It's Strasburg, Ohio. That's how you say it, really. Yes, he's in northeast Ohio. Positive about that? One hundred percent positive about it. Very good. Just checking. Just checking. (laughs)
0: Uh, a couple weeks ago, we uh, read an email from our friend Jeff, who uh, played high school football with you and, yeah. and played Chef on McHenry, and yeah. played on the vacant lot in uh, Massillon. No, Monument Park. Monument Park. He says, I submitted a review, guys, and I was bummed I could only give you five stars. Uh, thanks for reading my email on the show. I got a charge out of hearing Chris's response. <laughs> I forwarded your link to my brother and father. They thought it very cool. And picked up a few listeners. My father lives in Florida in the villages, nice. along with a few thousand other Buckeyes. So I hope you get a few <laughs> pings from the villages as my dad and his golf buddies are now fans of your show. Well, fantastic. That's good. Yeah. Uh, we end every show with a uh, faith portion of the podcast. Uh, we shall transition into that. Uh, Mr. Spielman, what would you like to share in the faith portion of the podcast
1: today? Uh... So think about the last six months. Mm-hmm. It's been confusion, right? Yes, sir. I've, just, it's just surrounded by chaos and confusion. And I'm asking, I, I asked myself this walking out of my house, coming here maybe two days ago on Wednesday. And this is okay to ask. And I believe in having conversations with God. I believe in having personal conversations with God. And sometimes uh, we don't know. Like it's very honest. I'm just being. Like, I'm not going to lie to God, right? So I just kind of said, "What do What are we doing here? What, I mean, what's your plan? I know it's good, but what's the plan? Because it's very frustrating right now." Yeah. And so, in thinking about that and talking about that and looking at all the confusion out there, the confusion with the Big Ten, the confusion with schools online should i send my kid to school should i not send my kid to school i just am very impatient and i'm almost looking at god and i'm just being honest right i i hope you know this doesn't question my faith it's not my my belief is 100 percent true but i'm saying you know we're We've, we've had a, a lot here. I get that in the big scheme of things and in a crazy world, we're in the best part of the crazy world in this great country of ours. So I read this this morning. First thing I got up, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the, of the saints. For he himself is our peace. The one who has thrown you into confusion will pay the penalty, whoever he may be. I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, but only turmoil. You may find peace and comfort from the Lord, for the Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. So I was just then reaffirmed to me. Yeah, I'm aware, like God's saying this, and this is God answering Chris in Chris's uh, personality. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey, hey, yeah. You, I'm pretty aware of what's going on, just in case you didn't know. <laughs> I I understand what's going on, I, I get it. I get that there's confusion down yeah. there. I understand, but I'm going to use it for a good thing. And I just, for me to get that today is, again, a direct response that maybe I needed to hear at the right time because I was, like like many people, what are we doing? What is, go- I don't understand. This is insane. I can't tell right. you how many people, like, whatever the, the um, the situation in Portland or the situation in Chicago and the destruction and death and injuries. It's very frustrating. I can't tell you how many people say how frustrated they are or how insane this is. Everybody I talk to or how crazy, whatever this situation is. Yeah. And so I feel for those people. So, you know, I I don't I have you can look at it two ways. I have a big enough ego where I think I have a direct pipeline to God, or i have I have so much faith that I have a direct pipeline. Well, you do and everybody does, you know, that's the so, amazing thing about God. That's is, why like, yeah, just walking through my garage gym to the car. Cause I wasn't allowed to have a gym in a house, so I had to put it in the garage. But anyway, I don't say that out loud, but, <laughs> but I, I, I think just, you just did. I just, Oh yeah. yeah. But I was just saying to myself, I mean, what are we doing? And it, Hey, Hey. Yeah, I, yeah, Chris, I think being the creator of the world, I, I pretty much already know yeah. what's going on down there. I got it. Don't worry about it. So I've been having a little more peace the past few days.
0: There's Yeah, I get times of that, that too. There's a story in Numbers where— uh, Numbers, know, by the way, for those of you who is
1: do, is a book in the Old Testament. Old Testament.
0: Yeah. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Sounds like a child song. Genesis, yeah. Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. <laughs> so the children of Israel are in the desert, and they're hungry, and they're whining, and they are tired of eating the bread falls from heaven, and they are begging for meat. And so God said, tells Moses, who's like, you know, leading them to the promised land, tell them I'll send them meat to eat. And Moses is like, come on, we're in the desert there's no meat. There's, there's thousands of these people. Like And, and Moses what, really
1: had a direct pipeline. Yeah, Moses <laughs> definitely had a direct pipeline.
0: And he's like, how are you going to do that? Like, come on. I can't tell him that. I'm going to make me look bad. And God says, and I love this kind of sarcasm. There are instances in the Bible where this sarcasm comes up. And he says, is the Lord's arm too short? In other words, like, you think I can't do that? Like, yeah. I just parted the Red Sea for you. A pillar of fire comes out at night, so you know I'm with you. And a cloud during the day, you think I can't send meat? And he did, sent quail. So, uh, yeah, he does uh, have the capacity. Uh, I want to share a, uh, a verse I found the other day reading through Luke, and this same story is in uh, Matthew. It's where Jesus heals a demon-possessed boy. And so the boy's, you know convulsing and is on the ground, and Jesus speaks to the evil spirits inside of him, and um, the evil spirits leave. And the verse, as I read it in my translation, is, and they all stood amazed at the greatness of God. And I thought about that, like, wow, they all stood amazed at the greatness of God. The New Living Translation, I like its translation of that. It says, all gripped the people as they saw this majestic display of God's power. Awe gripped the people as they saw this majestic display of God's power. And I thought, as a disciple, as somebody who wants other people to come to faith and and know the awe, the majesty, the display of Mm -hmm. God's power, have it in their life as I've experienced in my own, how often do I pause to process the majesty of his power? You know, do I see it when my children remind me of my wife and I contemplate the miracle of my wife and I creating with God's hand a new life that either physically resembles or in behavior resembles one of us? Do I comprehend it when I... Have something happen, like happened to our family this past weekend when someone left, something that strongly encouraged us at a time of a little bit of uncertainty Mm -hmm. here. Do I contemplate the awe and the majesty of God when he um, touches your family, you, Stephanie, through a tremendous ongoing, decade-plus-long struggle mm. and the impact that made on thousands and thousands of people, a circumstance no one would welcome into their life but one that God brought beauty and maturity in the midst of great pain from. Do I contemplate His the awesome power? And if I do contemplate it, I am so quick... And I think we all are quick to recommend. I ate at a restaurant last night in Piqua, Ohio, an Italian restaurant. Driving home, I'm thinking, i got to take Sherry to that restaurant. I really want her to experience that restaurant. Mm -hmm. We do it with TV shows. We do it with when we hear a funny joke. Hopefully it's clean. We repeat the joke to somebody else because we want to make them laugh. Virtually every day, I bet if we really thought about it, We recommend something we've enjoyed to someone else. That's what kind of what Yelp reviews are, Google reviews are. Uh, When you retweet something, you're recommending, hey, I recommend you read this, or I wouldn't be putting it on my timeline. But as disciples, we're called to recommend God to other people, and so we have to, like I experienced a great spaghetti and meatballs last night, we got to experience it. There's a verse in the Bible, taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah, he is. But do I take the time to pause and say, wow, look at the greatness of God?
1: We certainly take the time, like me, to pause. What what are you doing? We don't often take the time. I don't nearly enough. So that's a very good reminder. And I appreciate you sharing that today because, you know, I gave one set (laughs) or one example of how I am a lot. But then you just reminded me and reminded those of us, those that uh, continue to listen that, yeah, take a minute and say, okay, yeah, I guess, you know, I'm I'm reminded of Job. Hey, where were you when I Hmm. placed the stars in the sky or created this animal Mm -hmm. or put the mountain goat to can walk on a mountain? Yeah, on a slick slick mountain, (laughs) yeah. Seemingly defying gravity. Yeah. So you're right. Have a great weekend.
0: Wow. I'm right. I should just, that's a walk-off right there. Yeah. So uh, well, we appreciate you, know, you joining us. twice in one
1: week, which is more than it's been for the last 15 years. But, hey. you
0: know, I got lucky once in a while. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, I I do think we got the sound thing worked out because Carrie uh, let us know that she could hear us. That's good. If not, uh, maybe check your mic settings or anything like that. We'll be back again on Monday with another edition of the Spielman & Hooley We Tackle Life podcast.
1: Very
0: good. Previously on the Spielman and Huey We Tackle Life podcast.
1: Can I give some marital advice? Um, if you find something as a husband that you really like, don't share it with anybody because then if they like it, they take all yours. This is definitely
0: not approved by the faith portion of the podcast. Selfishness <laughs> not endorsed yeah. by the faith portion of the podcast. You know. Give, give, give would be the way to go there. All give, give, give. It's all I, it's do. All I do. It's all you do. Yeah. Yeah. Sacrifice for others. First uh, Corinthians 13. Uh, love does not <laughs> keep a record of wrongs. I think you missed or, a word. Missed first a word. Of all.
1: You missed a word in the uh, verse. You remember the <laughs> chocolate peanut caper earlier where I blamed I all the... yeah, uh, I do. Yeah, you uh,
0: like those uh, vultures. chocolate peanut
1: turtle cluster things, and they yeah. ended up vanishing. Yeah. So I also, there was a confession that that was also the wife. Oh. Not only does she eat my treats, she drinks my coffee. She's trying to keep you thin. That's what she's <laughs> trying to do. Yeah. Well, I got 6,000 miles to do that. Very good. Welcome to a
0: Friday Very edition good. of yes. the We Tackle Life podcast. We're live on... Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. All that? Uh, not not Instagram. I'm sorry. Twitter. Okay. Via Facebook, uh, via Periscope. Nice. All that. Yes, and we have uh Madeline saying good morning. You see Madeline's comment there on the screen. You can type a comment into Facebook. I will see it here. We will share it. Uh, Madeline did that. And Madeline. uh Janet uh, Mossbarger Young. Hey, Janet Mossbarger. You? Janet grew uh, uh, Janet's uh, I believe lives right down the street from where my parents used to live. Okay. And they were still with us and On lovely West Liberty, Ohio. There you go. There you go.
1: West Liberty, Salem. West Liberty, Salem. Is there anything you'd like to say about West Liberty, Salem? Home of Bruce Hooley, two-time state champion. Thank you. I thought we'd get it out of the way early (laughs) today.
0: (laughs) And then we will uh, move on. I am Bruce Hooley. He is uh, Chris Spielman. We are happy to be with you. See the spiffy new graphics, courtesy of uh, our friends at StreamYard. And we have, uh, imagine this, more controversy in the Big Ten to talk about. We have COVID-19 uh, relief drawing. Hopefully people are sending in their nominations. podcast at gmail.com. We have and
1: unfortunate news regarding... We uh, do.
0: We very unfortunate news. Let's let's cover that at the top of the show. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, happened to be browsing Twitter on the Wednesday night. Came across a tweet about um, your partner at Fox. Very good friend. A uh, gentleman I know a little bit yeah. who I think the world of is a As a broadcaster, told me of was a guy, Tom Brenneman. Uh, Tom said something on a broadcast that I know he deeply regrets, and um, it's resulted in you getting
1: an as-yet-unnamed new partner. I don't know who it's going to be. I was on the phone yesterday with Fox, and they're working through that. Um, You said something just now that was a very good man. Tom Brenneman is a very good man, and he made a mistake. I talked to Tom yesterday. He uh, understands that he's made a mistake. He understands that he hurt people. Um, he gets it. He's very remorseful and very contrite. And he understands that there's consequences. And so when you have a platform like Tom has or like Bruce really has or myself that we have, uh, you're, you can make mistakes. And when we do make mistakes in this type of business, there are consequences, My only hope is, because I know Tom's heart, or I think I know Tom's heart, Mm -hmm. and 99%, I think Jesus only knows Tom's heart, but Mm -hmm. I know it as much as any human being, my wish is that he'll get a second chance, because one mistake should not just kill 30 years of close to a Hall of Fame broadcast career, so I just hope he gets a second chance, and and Tom and I, you know, there are consequences. We all know that. Sure. And there should be consequences for what happened. He also understands that. And so now we have to, to move forward and we'll see what the my broadcast year. I I've nailed I, I've kinda narrowed it down to who I think is a possible fill-ins. There's a guy named Joe Davis. I don't know if you know who Joe Davis is.